Hey everyone, and welcome to So Emo I Fell Apart, a podcast dedicated to all things emo and pop punk for the naughty oddies. And today, I'm one of your hosts, Bria. I am one of your other hosts, Chloe. And today we have an, drumroll please, emergency emo bulletin because Fall Out Boy is on some bullshit. Other stuff's <laughs> going on. Big news. Bigger news than Fall Out Boy fucking around. Yeah, but we are going to start with Fall Out Boy fucking around get into so what happened with follow-up boy chloe um so yesterday on june 28th fallout boy released a cover slash rewrite of billy joel's we didn't start the fire which is a big like you have to have some huge fucking balls (laughs) to do that it's very much like one of those things that i feel like i would see like a youtuber do you know like, you know those videos that are like, here's like a thing of like every meme that we had in the past year, you know? Yeah, it, it's giving a little bit YouTube Rewind, a little bit of Epic Rap Battles of History, but <laughs> Epic Rap Battles of History does it a little bit better. A little bit. So the original song was released in 1989, and Fallout Boy's version with updated lyrics is intended to reference events that happened between 1989 and 2003, which already is a little of a, a weird timeline because like so the original song it covers like almost exactly 40 years of mm-hmm. time so there's kind of like a symmetry to it um this one is just kind of like yeah from like then to now you know yeah because billy joel's was like okay i'm doing it from my birth year 1949 to 1989 the year that i'm recording it in basically chronological order and hang on let me see it's uh d- said that he basically accidentally chronicled like the entirety of the cold war just because of, like, when that happened. He said it was just kind of, like, his luck that that's when the Soviet Union ended, like, right after him putting out the song. Mm-hmm. So, like, it ended up that he did manage to chronicle, like, a significant era in that sense. And I feel like we don't have the same thing with this song. Which, like, obviously, the Fallout Boy has no control over that. Like, what do you want them to do? But, like, right, it does mean that we just don't have the same satisfaction with this song as we did with the original one. Yeah, it's not as, like, neat and pretty clear-cut and dry, and I feel like the chronicling of 40 years for the Cold War era, there's a large difference between 40 years in the 20th century versus however many years it's been between 1989 yeah, I can't do math. and I'm never gonna 2023. Hold on. Hang on. Hang on. Stop talking. I'm gonna do it. Is... <laughs> Mentally or with a calculator? No, I'm gonna do it. It's 34? Do, do it with a calculator and tell me if it's 34. Oh, my God. I was going to go based off of how old my brother is because he was born in 1988. Hold on. Fuck. <laughs> now I need to pull up my calculator app. Uh, no, stop. It's 44. Is it? No. 19- That's not right. It's 34 because my brother's only 35. I don't know. So oh, it's 34 no. years. Okay. This is why we went to school for liberal arts and not math. I got... So I only had to take math for three years in high school. In grade 12, they don't require you to take math. And in grade 11, I got 51% in math. And it is 100% just because my math teacher hated me so fucking much and hated (laughs) that I just couldn't do it. That he was like, I never fucking want to see you again. Like, you're, I know you're never going to do this. I don't care that you don't know it. I never want to look at you again get out of here um and he was right to do that because it wasn't happening for me 
Um, and clearly it is still not. I was pretty good at math when I was in the lesson and doing homework and then I took the test. But if you wanted me to retain any of those skills and going back to like for the final exam, I would consistently get like A's and B's all year. And then I would take the final and it would be like D minus. <laughs> oh, I had a tutor that I would pay money and he would sit there and he would show me how to do like quadratic formulas or whatever the fuck. And I, after like 30 minutes of solidly just doing that, I could do it like half the time correctly. And then he'd be like, great, let's take a five minute break. And then we would come back and I'd be like, I've never seen any of this in my life. Like, And now you work retail and that's all math. There. Yeah, but it's different math. It's customer it's, service and budgeting. And because inventory. it is a practical math that I can look at and touch, I can do it. That's a really I think that's the only reason why. <laughs> the only math I can really do is like craft math. So anything that has yeah. to do with like measurements and conversions and stuff like that, I got that down. Mm-hmm. You want me to do like formulas anymore? Fuck no. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't happening. even do formulas while I was doing formulas. So, you know. Anyway, the Any point that way. I was trying to get at with <laughs> the 34 years versus the 40 years between like really end back half like not even back half back 11 years of the 20th century is that you have the advent of the internet and more mass media being Mm -hmm. pushed more towards a public audience more and more stuff is within the everyday person's like general awareness and social conscious and like we're more aware of what's going on with other people in other parts of the world to an incredibly detrimental degree than mm-hmm. ever before so it feels a lot harder to quantify what has happened in the past 34 years versus you know a general like loose outline of the cold war in 40 years yeah so it's a really big task to try to summarize the past 34 years and it also like, feels weird did. to like like there's some events in this that i'm like yeah like absolutely everyone knew about this um it was impossible to escape from this information like this took over the world um and then there's some stuff in here like um tom DeLong and aliens that's like realistically what's the number of people that knows about this like <laughs> like that's just a shout out to your pal yeah exactly and i don't think that that's bad because it's like that's definitely no. like a big thing that a lot of people who are going to be listening to this song are aware of it's just mm-hmm. like kind of not it's just not the same spirit of the original i guess and I mean, I, it feels weird to have that next to some of the other stuff that's on here. And like, yeah, the point of We Didn't Start the Fire is that like all of these events happening at the same time is crazy. And like, it is weird to go from in the original to go between like, oh, conflict between North and South Korea and then Marilyn Monroe just as a person existing. Like, it is supposed to be like a whiplash between basically like pop culture gossip and Hollywood icons and like major geopolitical events um yeah and there's a lot of but like, tom <laughs> commentary that can be found in that juxtaposition there between mm-hmm. you know where people's like thoughts and opinions and care should be directed towards versus the cult of celebrity. yeah like that we're talking about all and, of that in the same breath yeah like there's a lot going on there which felt incredibly relevant you know during the yeah. cold war and even more so relevant now but the selections that Fall Out Boy has made with this song is a lot. Yeah. I will say I think most of them are fine. I think 
solidly the only one I think that is like, what are you doing here? Is Tom DeLonge and Aliens. Because it's like, that one's not like a major news event. That's literally just like your friend. But like, I think that's not a bad thing. I think that's fine. It's just like a kind of tonal and scope shift for like one line of the song. That mm-hmm. makes me kind of wish they'd either done like all emo stuff or like all real world stuff and i it's like one of those things where it feels almost very self-aggrandizing for a fallout boy to have decided to be the ones to do this and not really like i i i really doubt that billy joel has any desire to write we didn't start the fire part two electric boogaloo oh no and but- he, billy joel has said that he doesn't even like this song he's like the melody is not good like this is not like it's not even that he thinks the lyrics are bad he's just like it's like the music is not good guys like stop listening to this Um, i feel like there is a novelty to we didn't start the fire that like i feel that it's the end of the world as we know it kind of by rem also occupies absolute where yeah that's a good song you spit out a bunch of shit in like a in a list Mm -hmm. all at once with slant rhymes and dubious rhymes and some rhymes that are just nuts um Mm -hmm. for the sake of it kind of and rolling with it and there's also the novelty of oh it's so fast and like if you can sing along with the lyrics like that's really fun yeah so there's that going on for it i mean i i don't know that i would say it's necessarily self-aggrandizing because i i do kind of feel like if anyone's gonna do it like yeah i can see fallout boy doing it because they are very much like like even with this last album they're just like we're chronicling a time period and like with mania mm. they were very much chronicling a time period so i can see them being like yeah this is a good fit like this is something that we kind of are doing anyway but just like in a different way um mm. and i don't know like it's it's fun i think that it's like fine it's <laughs> yeah. it's fucking weird that they didn't mention covid though like we that's kind of the point of this isn't it it's weird yeah. that they didn't mention covid <laughs> Like, that's really the elephant in the room. <laughs> that, yeah. Out of every fucking thing listed here, which I want to do, I want us to get into our favorite lyrics of this song very badly. Yeah. It, just because you wrote a couple songs about COVID on So Much for Stardust, a lot of them being B-sides that were not the singles for the album, does not <laughs> exonerate you from when you want to write about the most significant things that have happened in the 34 years and currently ongoing deadly pandemic that has shifted the paradigm for how we all interact and work with each other. We all live our fucking a, lives. It's an egregious fucking oversight. You it's guys. just weird. I do like to think that they got done recording it and then we're just like, guys, COVID, you know, but it's also mm-hmm. like, it's, it's almost like I can get it because I'm like, yeah, like when I go to the movies, I don't necessarily want a movie to be like talking about COVID as if it is currently happening in the movie. Like, it's nice to see a movie or watch a TV show or read a book and they just don't, they just don't talk about it. You know, it's nice to imagine that world. That like the only movie that I've watched that has acknowledged it in a real world sense without it being like this. I don't know. Blo- I don't want to say a blown out of proportion kind of thing, but I, I handled without it, it a lot. Majorly impacting the the story and completely changing how it's written and that kind of thing. 
a little bit yeah was the bear because it is about the restaurant industry and it does focus a lot about how severely the restaurant industry was impacted by covid and how a lot of restaurants either closed during the pandemic or the pandemic like it's over and also that every single restaurant that even did survive the pandemic is just one or two bad weeks from completely closing. yeah still yeah and that's like the only one that mm-hmm. I really watched. And the bear is already... I haven't even started the bear, but, like, I just know... You gotta. I know it's going to stress me the fuck out. Um, oh, it's so stressful. It's... <laughs> the thing is that it's already about such a stressful in- industry that I kind of feel like having COVID thrown in there is just, like, yeah, why the fuck not? Like, it's already, like... You're already going in there and basically giving yourself a heart attack every single day. So, like, you might as well. Whereas, like, I think if Succession had also been about covid i just would have like thrown up every single week not that those people even would have been experiencing covid the same way that yeah. everyone else did but you i know. mean this this is the thing is succession is also super stressful but like i'm never going to be in that situation i'm very much in a bear adjacent situation most days so like <laughs> yeah that is why i'm like no i can't look at that for a little bit it's, um yeah it's it's a little bit too res- resonant. yeah but it's it's weird that they wrote like what a time to be alive, which is basically an entire song about living through the pandemic and quarantine, and also wrote on a grander scale an entire album about wanting to go back to a before time and have that be partially about to a time when they were younger and less jaded about the music industry and when they thought they had the world at their fingertips. Um, but it's also partially about going back to before the fucking world ended. Yeah. And then to not even just say covid19 in the song like you could have fit the rhyme in somewhere and like you didn't even okay not even not to mention covid19 but i feel like a very significant event like there are several significant health related events that have happened mm-hmm. post 1989 not in uh, like, you mean like the the aids crisis <laughs> yeah the aids crisis um which was like ongoing like when we didn't start the fire it was originally written about the time yeah, and period. wasn't in there either wasn't in there either but COVID-19 <clears throat> SARS mm-hmm. the swine flu mm-hmm. <laughs> like the how no romaine lettuce is washed anymore so everyone is getting <laughs> Ebola all the time <laughs> just like every week it's like hey everyone you might have listeria like so <sighs> I, I feel I feel like the health stuff was a. Uh, glaringly absent mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is deafening the mm-hmm. lack of about any health crisis let alone COVID yeah. for this song also my other biggest problem with this song um, is that it's not in chronological order yeah like, this, this is the thing that bugs me we didn't start me. the fire yeah. is this is like we didn't start the fire is mostly in chronological order this yeah. is not even a little bit no, and I feel like a lot of that was sacrificed for the sake of, you know, beats per line, like, trying to make it work within the time signature, mm-hmm. some rhymes going on. That, I guess, is the reason why, but also at the same time, like, if you guys are going to task yourselves with writing We Didn't Start the Fire 2, mm-hmm. you got to do your due diligence and at least put it in chronological order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peter. Come on. Come on. Figure it out. I mean, like, are we going too hard on something that they maybe did in a day? Maybe. But maybe. what 
What is the job of a podcaster if not to think too hard about silly shit? Exactly. Like, it. it's giving, um, I don't know if you guys ever did this in your Canadian yearbooks or, like, whatever yearbook company you guys use, despite it being a Catholic high school, <laughs> where at the very end of the yearbook, it would show you all the significant, like, world and pop culture events from the year that you were in school for. No. Just, like, ta- okay. That was not even a little that- bit. That's what our yearbook company, whatever yearbook company our school used, did that <laughs> for hours. Oh, no. I I was on the yearbook committee at my high school. So, like, I I put together the yearbook and I just never included that. Oh, was that an option, though? No. I mean, like, oh, it's not like, was it an option? It was just, like, we were deciding what, like, we were making up the stuff to go in it. Oh, okay. It wasn't okay. like we could pick like, and choose stuff to add to it. Like we were, it was just wholesale. Like students were making top to bottom the yearbook. Like we had that, but whatever like printer we used, like or like formatting printer we used for the yearbook, like they had the option to include that. Oh, I guess interesting corporately, and okay. my school system went with it every year. Huh. <laughs> my other problem with this song is that. It's not as long as the original, Mm -hmm. where the verses are shorter and there's not as many of them. And I feel like if you wanted to do your due diligence again with the, you know, not doing a chronological order, not mentioning any of the various pandemics that have gone on in the past 34 years, Mm -hmm. I want another verse. Yeah. Because the other one's longer. I agree. I want another verse. And there's so much shit that has happened. So mm-hmm. much shit that ever before. <laughs> what feels like ever before, you could have put in another another verse. It was there. No, completely. I think it needed another verse. Because mm-hmm. just like there's, I don't know, there's just some weird, some weird things missing and some weird things that get specific call outs and then some things get more general call outs. Um... I don't know. I why is Michael Jordan in here twice? I don't think that needs to be there twice. Chicago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's no, yeah, it. you're They're right. From Actually, Chicago. yeah, from Chicago. <laughs> okay, fair. I give it to him. So, do we want to go like through the recent lyrics and see line by line? Should we I don't want to do... go line by line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, That's but I do. Do you want to just say uh, favorite favorite lines? Because I have favorite three line. favorite lines. <laughs> My favorite um, line. I think yours is, might also be my fa- my top favorite line. Shinzo Abe blown away. Yeah, Shinzo Abe when blown he got away. Is by the contraption. So good. Like with basically everything else, they're like pretty like respectful about it. You know, like they do mention like several like victims of police brutality, um, and they really just get like name, and like kind of like a it's it's a fast song so you don't really get any time to really sit and consider with it but they are just kind of like name keep going shinzo abe blown away is really like (laughs) get blown away bozo (laughs) like oh you thought that was funny (laughs) rip bozo I like admittedly we both find how shinzo abe got assassinated kind of funny 
Um, I think it's completely funny. I oh, was it's at very work, funny. I was at work when that happened, and we were literally all, like, passing around pictures of that fucking contraption, like, no way. <laughs> Look at this shit. Like, and, you like, gotta hate that motherfucker so bad that you build a contraption that completely takes him out. And it's just... In a country that has some of the strictest gun control in the world. So it's like, he really... You had to hate him it, so much. And this is how it should be, I think. Is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say where everyone can hear me. I don't think anyone should murder anyone. But I do think <laughs> that if you are so mad at someone that you are willing to build a fucking contraption like that and then get through top level diet security to kill them and if that person is Shinzo Abe it is okay because <laughs> Shinzo Abe fucking sucked and I do really enjoy that Shinzo Abe's assassination is included in this because I feel like most people in the Western Hemisphere have heard his name in passing and just, like, don't give a shit about Japanese politics in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And have, like, no clue what awful things he did to that country. Yeah. So when people saw that he got assassinated, everyone was just like, oh, no, a politician yeah. got murdered. How awful. And I'm like, yeah. If you paid attention to Japanese politics a little bit more, I don't think you'd be wringing your hands like this. But, no, you know. and like granted, Japanese politics are pretty opaque to outsiders because their their voting system is very, to me, someone who just in a country where you really just vote for a person, you know, the way yeah. that they vote is strange and kind of confusing for sure. But. I also, as a gender studies major, got to attend a lecture at the Japanese embassy about Shinzo Abe's plan for women in the workforce in Japan. And he called it, without a hint of irony, Abenomics. It is the angriest that I have ever seen people at a talk at an embassy. Like, there were several Japanese women in that audience who were just, like, standing up and, like, just going to town on this woman that they had hired to speak on Abe's behalf about how this man does not care about women and this man is Mm -hmm. doing damage to the country and how his economic policy only cares about rich people and how he only cares about certain women working and not women who are already working and need additional support. Like, just... Which is really just the tip of the iceberg for how awful this guy is. He was totally interested in, like, completely militarizing the country um just like nightmare dude deserved to be removed from the government in some way um this happens to be the way that one guy chose um and the the fact that the fact that the japanese government did start rolling back some of abe's policies after this i think Mm -hmm. makes this like the most successful political assassination in history because yeah like fully like the diet building just all got together they were like you know what that guy uh had some points Mm -hmm. like maybe we maybe we make some changes thanks dude thanks hero (laughs) yeah with your fucking like it looked like the world's worst vape rig and he just rocked up (laughs) and was like bam like done i have fixed japan 
if you had combined a a double-barreled vape with two tasers at the bottom, all duct taped together, that's what that thing looked like. Not even duct tape, like gaff tape. Like stage manager gaff tape. It's it's so, like, I, you know, it, this just came to me, is I bet that that dude watches Kiwami Japan. And is oh! like... Oh, absolutely. Taking that me- Okay. No. Listeners, listeners, if you have not watched Kiwami Japan, you are doing yourself a disservice. He is the mad scientist of our generation. Yeah. He started off as a dude who was just making knives out of other stuff and seeing what he could sharpen knives with. And then he is now hacked um, chemistry and like polymer science. In the most fucked up way. Like, whatever he has in his apartment to make his new knives and stuff has got to be against, like, several health and safety violations. Yeah, I don't understand like, where he's even getting some of this stuff. He shouldn't have the equipment that he has without having several, like, certificates of proving that he's a scientist, <laughs> which I don't think this man has. And some of the stuff he's fully, like, just built, too. Like, that... um that dehydrator rig that he has is f- literally just like a cardboard box that he has like kind of put the shop back in it. Yeah. Like MacGyvered <laughs> up to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, like I, has he uploaded since Shinzo Abe assassination? Actually? I don't, don't he ha- he like pretty much uploads like once or twice a year now because of how insane his builds are at this point yeah so what else was mentioned in the song while you look that up okay so my other favorite you uploaded nine months ago okay i don't yeah. know i don't know it was mm-hmm. the sharpest meat kitchen knife in the world and i'm going to be watching it right after this my other second favorite line in this is um ever given suez because that is a reference to, I think, the happiest time in my life since the pandemic started. Yeah. When the boat was stuck. It was... And, like, you really can't explain to anyone who wasn't happy that the boat was stuck why you were so happy that the boat was stuck. Because it was just funny. Like, I tried explaining it to some people and I was just like, it's just... it Like, there's a really big boat and it's stuck. And they were like, but the supply lines have been, like, so impacted by the... I don't care. I don't Here, care. The boat I don't stuck. care. The boat they is can't get stuck the boat out. and it's huge and they can't move it. They have the tiniest little fucking earth mover in the world trying to get it out right now. And it's doing nothing because it's so small. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Austin Powers bit where he has to do that million point K turn. Exactly. In the hallway. That's all it was, but with one of those huge, disgusting, like, absolute abominations of trading capitalism. And now, like, <laughs> like you don't see them so much uh, up here in Canada, but every time I'm in America and we're just, like, driving around New Jersey, I see at least one fucking, like, evergreen, like, storage container somewhere. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, I miss the boat. You were driving past like towards the Newark airport we drive past port elizabeth which is the busiest like shipping and receiving port on the northeast seaboard yeah like everything fucking goes through elizabeth new jersey so um what else was in here that i was like i was shocked to see the texas failed electric grid getting a call out i can see that getting a call out because that was like a major like first of all that impacted like almost all of texas um yeah that was horrifying and like really the only person that i follow 
who was living in Texas at the time was like Griffin McElroy and he was like mm. posting pictures of what his bathroom looked like because of that storm and electrical grid failure and the insulation falling out of his ceiling and walls made it look like his bathroom had turned into a meat locker. Like it looked yeah. like giant slabs of meat. It was so fucked up. Um the and pink that's like Griffin McElroy, so like a person who has money. Yeah. To anyone else, I can only imagine what a fucking nightmare that must have been. And for Ted Cruz to have been on vacation during that time is fucking insane. So I can understand that getting a call out because it was just such a massive, large scale corruption impacting Mm -hmm. hundreds of people perpetrated by uh, a famous person who keeps trying to run for president despite being a fucking Canadian. I don't understand why he's even allowed to run. He was born in Canada. (gasps) He's not a naturalized citizen. I mean, I think he is a naturalized citizen, but, like, he's he's Canadian. He renounced his citizenship. Oh, that probably gives him, like, some leeway. I guess. To be able to run for office, I guess. It's been a while since I did the I don't know. I always thought that if you were born outside of the country that you couldn't run at all. Um, No, I don't think that's the case. this bitch was born in Canada. Which probably infuriates him. Yeah. Oh, I know he's mad that he's Canadian. I know he's mad. I wish that Ted Cruz got a call out in this as uh, Ted Cruz was the ser- uh, Zodiac Killer. Oh, like, that would have been good. Mention Tom DeLonge That would have been so good. Ted yeah. Cruz is the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Like, had to be part of it. I will say, going back to the Evergreen, I do like the parallel between the Suez Canal and the original and the Suez here. That was a very fun yes. play. I, when I was looking at the original, uh, we didn't start the fire lyrics, and I saw the Suez Canal thing on there. I was like, damn. Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. And then we we would be remiss without mentioning the final verse line before we get into the the final choruses of this. Yeah. Which is, I think, the most brilliant line ever written. And it's so fucking good. It's, uh, it's like, probably my favorite thing, actually. Um, World every... trade, second plane, <laughs> what else do I have to say? Absolutely Every other thing that I feel like they fucked up on this song, I forgive just for that. I And it's interesting that they're writing that now at their ages because we're entering an era where the kids who were born too young to remember or after 9-11 are now adults mm-hmm. and they joke about it now. Yeah. And I have... A lot of complex thoughts about 9-11, given that I'm from the New York metropolitan area. And you I could know see people, it from your house. I could literally see the towers fall from my house. I there, You could tell the next day at school which kids' parents didn't come home. So it's like a weird thing to say now. Mm-hmm. And... But also, it's weird knowing that Fall Out Boy has enough Gen Z fans now that they will find this line funny. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. <clears throat> Definitely. And also just, what else do I have to say? Is kind of like... Yeah. The, that phrasing is funny to me. More than anything else. is Because it's like... You know? Like, it's very much... You know how it is with second planes. It's like... Oh, they a- don't. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I do like now. I, I didn't. Like, we could have put 9-11 in a different section of the song without a weird, like... Or even just <laughs> said 9-11. <laughs> and, like, that would have been totally acceptable. But it was the final line. 
and how it was written. Yeah. What else do I have to say? <laughs> we didn't start the fire. It's pretty good. It's it's good songwriting. It's it's I just good. I won't lie. It's just good. It's like what's that fucking YouTube comment that was like, is this good? No. Is World Trade Second Plane? What else do I have to say? My favorite lyric of the year. Yeah. So like, what now? <laughs> Except my favorite lyric is Shinzo Abe blown away. Yeah, no, Shinzo Abe blown away. Oh, we also forgot to mention Black Parade gets a shout out. Yes, and um, this Black Parade I do feel like is on a different level of shout out to our friends than the Tom DeLonge one because Black Parade has genuinely changed the fucking world. <laughs> yeah, that was a phenomenon. Yeah, that was like they performed on top of I forget. I think it was like rockefeller or empire state building they yeah, performed like that was the announcement the face of music so that was big so yeah. that was different than it because everyone who was like a casual blink 182 fan who is not like the prime demographic for a fall boy specific we didn't start the fire song was like oh yeah that guy that was in uh in blink 182 what was his name uh yeah. tom uh-huh yeah he's like really into fucking aliens now and like that was kind of the it about it mm-hmm. or people just didn't know that tom DeLong like left the band to become obsessed with aliens yeah <laughs> so there's that i find it interesting that keaton batman was mentioned and not like lord of the rings <laughs> <laughs> but i feel like that's a very me- oh also in terms of like if when my cam does their out- version of this song lord of the rings will be included and that's when I'll start respecting a, a version. A, we didn't start the fire two more. Mm-hmm. But the other one that killed me was if we're going to throw out one video game in this entire song. Metroid, Metroid was yeah. your choice. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, I, okay. People who give a shit about Metroid a lot are people who only play as Samus in Super Smash Brothers. And Maybe that's Pete my only hot plays as Samus. I don't know. Like I I've don't never played Smash Bros. Metroid. Pete. Metroid Four is never coming out. You guys, that is, is my hot take as a video game professional. It's fucking not coming out. It's been I think like it is. six I think years since it was announced at E3. I think like it's it not is. coming. It's coming. Okay, you're saying that you're saying that as a person who loves Bioware and is still believes <laughs> that Dragon Age Four is coming out. <laughs> that's why you're saying that to me right now. <laughs> leave me alone you're the one with your fucking cloud shoes on your cloud nose going into every single fucking playstation or like ea thing thinking that today's the day we're gonna get more dragon age 4 news and you know what uh i'm a fool every day but one okay so (laughs) just remember that um i would posit that there are different video games that you could put in there yeah probably I mean, they put Pokemon in there, too. Like, oh, yeah. True. I feel like Pokemon is more than just a video game. It's like a whole phenomenon. Yeah. Because you have the, the card games, Pokemon Go, fucking everything else. But I think Metroid was put in there specifically to rhyme with George Floyd, which feels <laughs> weird. I mean, but... yeah, actually, that does feel weird. <laughs> I mean, it's it's possible that they had a list of just shit they wanted to get in there and then just threw things together as they rhymed it is possible that they were like what rhymes with george floyd i hope it's not that i feel like it's probably not just because of like who pete is as a person but like yeah you know definitely not it is the person who is involved in like grassroots organizations Mm -hmm. for for like racial justice yeah 
Yeah. He's not doing that. No. But I think like that's about all we need to say about we didn't start the fire too. Electric yeah, let's let's get into the uh the important important shit that we have to talk about this week. Boop boop boop. Millionaires are coming millionaires, back, baby. baby. They're millionaires. Lock your fucking boys away cuz they're here. So one day millionaires will get the full episode that they deserve from us, but we will because give you we're, just Because we're we're millionaires quick. apologists. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely it's fully like here's the thing is i think that if everyone was like yeah 303 totally deserves to be at warp tour that's a band that makes sense at warp tour and then turn around and was like millionaires does not deserve to be a warp tour it's like okay well they're doing basically the same thing millionaires are just doing it while teen girls so like eat shit respectfully like, is their musicality a little bit worse than 303 yes, yes but slightly. that's not the point but they were also teenagers yeah, so, with, like, access to GarageBand. And the subject matter was not all that much different. They were just speaking to a different audience. They were the fucking sing-talk scene queen girlies of yesteryear. Also, of today. Millionaires is an all-girl electronica group that gained prominence on the 2000s on MySpace and soon began touring with electronic emo groups like Breathe Carolina. Um, it was three members. Two of them were sisters. One of them was a third girl who they, I think, went to school with and asked to join. The group stayed active, like, basically from, like, 2007 and now, though it went through a bunch of different lineup changes um, with Danny leaving the group at some point. And she is still active in the music industry under the name Snowblood. She did a song with Mystery Skulls that's actually really good. And then mm -hmm. I think had a solo album come out. Melissa's sister Allison left in, I think, 2022 making it a solo act with just Melissa Marie Green as the only member of Millionaires. Today, June 29th, 4.24 p.m., so like about four or five hours ago, it was announced that Millionaires is releasing new music with a new lineup. Do you want to tell us who that lineup is? That lineup is fami uh, a familiar member. Yes, familiar to me and everyone else. Melissa Green hip-hop pop artist dangerous beauty and this was the craziest one yeah hairstylist slash emo night dj meredith allen who is also andy hurley of fall out boy fame's fiance yeah crazy lineup yeah i'm like actually really hype about this honestly yeah this is great this is great for me meredith is so cool roughly my age i think so like she would have grown up with a lot of the same shit that i was growing up with mm -hmm. and like, is living the dream of kids who were online at that time. Mm -hmm. Engaged to Andy Hurley in Millionaires. With three, with Great three hair. chihuahuas. Chihuahuas. Um, you know, like, what the fuck else does anybody need? Such cool tattoos. Cannot overstate. These chihuahuas are so cute. Like, she's doing it. Teaching the members of Fall Out Boy the word girly pop. <laughs> like... She is boots on the ground doing the work for us. Exactly. And they played their first show under the new lineup this week at So What Music Festival, which I didn't know was happening. This is new Yeah, I heard me. nothing about this festival, but it's also not being headlined by anyone that I super duper care about. I think it's being headlined by like Pierce the Veil and the Used, who I listen to like casually, but I'm not like dedicating a lot of space in my heart and my mind to... Like, I love The Used. I, on purpose, went to the, like, I think 10 or 15 year anniversary for their first two albums 
where they played them in full one night after the other at Starland Ballroom a couple of years ago. I oh, quit. Sick. I almost quit my job at Forever 21 because my boss didn't give me the days off that I requested for it, which I told them I needed those days off when he first hired me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I will be going to this concert. And he's like, um, but you need to find coverage. And I was like, that's not my job. And if you cannot accept and do your job, you know, give me the days off that I requested when you hired me and you knew that I need these days off, then I will be quitting. And like, he was what was like, his plan before you worked there to cover those days? I don't know. And also he was like, that's a bad attitude to have. We'll discuss it when you're in next. And I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. Nothing that it's- happens at Forever 21 is ever that serious ever we had three managers none of them ever communicated with each other well of course not of course not you also, know those bitches hated need... each other they hated each other one of them always walked around with a cup of coffee she was the nicest one but also like if you talk to her about anything she would blab to all the other ones uh-huh uh one person was good at her job enough that like you could trust her with stuff but all the managers hated her because she was good at the job Mm -hmm. and the head manager the one who said i had a bad attitude um was a very like typical white gay like working retail Mm -hmm. where he pulled me aside one time and he was like i can't lose you because you're the only two people with brains in here which felt very bad because mm-hmm. we were basically the only two white employees at this Forever mm-hmm. 21. And I immediately clocked that. And I was like, this is bad. Yeah. I don't like it here. Yeah. And then I left after, I think, like five months of working there. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's all to say. I saw the used. I, exactly. I like them enough that I did that. But also, I'm not going to go see the used on purpose at a festival date because they're constantly touring all the time. Yeah. So that's big news. The other thing that was uh, in MCR news, which yesterday was the <clears throat> anniversary of Beautiful New Mexico Sunset live journal post mm-hmm. from the summer of like, mm-hmm. which means everything to us it might mean something to you. Mm-hmm. And instead of that being the, like the big news of the day for the 28th, it was Fall Out Boy dropping this song <laughs> instead. Yeah. It's just genuinely like Fall Out Boy's constantly doing the you people are all doing the stupidest shit all the time. You're raising my blood pressure. And then Mikey posted the song on his Instagram story yesterday as well, 15 hours ago, according to my screenshot that I took around an hour ago. So there's that. And Mikey Way on Instagram is a terrorist. I'll just say that right now. <laughs> Yeah, he might as well be building contraptions. Like, (laughs) (laughs) except his contraptions are like, I don't know, machine to deliver checks mix to his house. And the heart, and the heart hands emoji. (laughs) It's an extra set of arms so that he can play bass and do the heart hands emoji at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) He pisses me off so bad. And like, might as well segue into it. Mikey Way hate moment. Speaking of his terrorist acts on fucking Instagram, he liked some fuck ass Instagram real meme saying, uh, so it was just like one of those dumb things that could have been worked as a text post or a Twitter post. That was when your bestie is having a bad day, but you remind her MCR five is still coming. Mm-hmm. And he liked it. 
Now, what the like, fuck hey, Michael, does that mean? Why would you Michael? like that if it wasn't coming? Why would you like it if it wasn't coming? Are you just stirring the pot? Are you just being a Michael bitch? James Way, look at me. Why would you like it if it wasn't coming? Right. I need to know. And then, meanwhile, his his Instagram story is fully just like, do you guys see a face in this cloud? What are you talking about? Put the album out. You idiot. And then over here, Frank is, you know, selling off all of the earthly possessions because Jamia is like, I need a house again, not a storage unit. <laughs> Frank, Frank fully on Twitter being like, there's too many guitars in my house. Jamia has put up with so much. <laughs> he, Spiders Frank, uh, average guitar owner, has 25 guitars. This is an outlier because of Spiders Frank, who owns 500 guitars. I think like, he sold... 59 Which and is, like where is he putting them i don't know i know that he still has pansy because like he posted a photo of him in his living room and pansy was on the wall yeah he's not getting rid of that that one there's no, no and there's another one that uh his i think his son like requested that he keep like one was a gift from his son and he didn't sell that frankenstein mask because his son was like no you have to keep that thank you miles uh miles Zero, for speaking sensitive to that man for maintaining like the fucking archive of emo history instead of like because every single dad goes to that period where they're like i need to get rid of everything that i own that has Mm -hmm. any sort of like value to it and then once they get too old they're like wow i wish i still had that thing it's like we all told you not to get fucking rid of it Mm -hmm. like he's he's going through that right now i really like that he sold the guitar that he played on project revolution and was like ah it's in like kind of like weird condition because like i maybe didn't treat it as well as i could have yeah, it's I wonder like, why. Dog, you were swinging that shit over your head. You like threw that thing into one of your stacks. I'm surprised that it even survived. You might as well, Jimi Hendrix, have set that thing on fire. Genuinely, like, dude, like, why do you even still have that? Yeah, why did you still have that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, I think there was a thing where he did guitars for a song that liquid death the beverage brand put out today he fucking he fucking loves liquid death i also love liquid death i find their branding very interesting in the way that like it's smart branding don't get me wrong it's It's great it's great branding it's it's genius i'm shocked that no one has done it before but it was how they also are trying to be like an apparel brand that is also called liquid death yeah that's as well as now releasing music and i'm like Mm -hmm. this is weird you have to attain like cult brand status a la coca-cola coors miller budweiser like really hit like the pinnacle of americana before you can start selling your logo and brand as like a cool fashion item that I yeah. don't feel that they've attained yet. I mean, I, I feel like can't... every brand now, like, no matter what they're selling, is immediately like, we have to have t-shirts. And I'm like, I don't like any of you enough to do that. Maybe Taco Bell. But, like... Oh, definitely Taco Bell. So, he was also doing that. And then, also, I think our last piece of email emergency bulletin news is that, turns out, Vacuum Guy on the My Chemical Romance reunion tour was the stage manager and that is some classic stage manager ass shit to pull because you are never seen on that stage ever and your work goes unnoticed that unappreciated so if you need sense and he needed to have his moment by being the vacuum guy and i love that yeah it's and you know the thing is that that makes so much sense because i was out here really like they're flying 
the fucking vacuum guy out to like fucking Okinawa. They're flying this dude out to Australia, like to vacuum the stage. Like, so he must be doing something else, but I don't know what it is, obviously. And mm-hmm. like making him his little like vacuum guy at the vampire mansion t-shirts. Like when they played in Mexico, they had a like vacuum guy, but like written in Spanish on his shirt. I don't mm-hmm. speak Spanish. It's just like, of course, this guy was like their stage manager, but I, I did like thinking for a while that it was like, no, this is just the guy that vacuums for us. This is his one job. We cherish him. We take him everywhere. He's our best fucking friend. <laughs> and I drove him here. <laughs> Realistically, he drove them there. But yeah. like, they, ah, I love vacuum guy. I love Vacuum Guy. I love the international love for Vacuum Guy. I need MCR5 to come out so we can see Vacuum Guy again. Exactly. I need them to thank Vacuum Guy in the liner notes. Exactly. I Otherwise, it would be disrespectful. I need Nardwar to interview Vacuum Guy. That would That's be what crazy. I need. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Nardwar, he is so important to music journalism and a fixture of the scene i cannot stand his interviewing style i understand that he is a character he's putting on a character 100 percent. it pisses me off he's all we have he is all we have up here okay (laughs) he's the only one (laughs) the one thing that i will always give nardwar his flowers for is that he is the only motherfucker who has brought up the TikTok diner to my chemical yeah. romance. So I have sound bites of my good friends from Essex County and Passaic County talking about TikTok diner, a diner that was my childhood diner mm-hmm. that has gone down in quality in recent years, severely so. And also they're lying about their hours now. They say that they are still 24 seven. They are not. They're open until 10, which is Those insane bitches. to me. And I'm pissed off about until it. Until 10? Until Who 10? Who was open until 10? That's like nothing. A diner, a diner in New Jersey closing at 10 p.m. Even the fucking, like, my other hometown of New Providence, which has, like, fucking, didn't get liquor licenses properly until, like, 2019 because it's fucking a town called New Providence and there's 10 <laughs> churches in town. Even that diner was open until 11 p.m. every single day unless it was a weekend where they were open until like 12 or 1. But TikTok on Route 3 closes at 10 now. Asinine. Also their food's overpriced now for how bad the quality is now. <laughs> but I have clips of Ray and Gerard talking about the TikTok diner very fondly. So yeah. I will give Nardwar that. That also got us um, Ray Toro saying tits, I mean breasts, which is yeah. an iconic kid. moment in Ray Toro history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, should be a moment for fourth wave feminism. Yeah. Of <laughs> in my Ray opinion. Toro correcting himself. Yeah. Tits, like that. I mean breasts. Thank you. Thanks, King. I do really want to know what other diners MCR has been to in New Jersey and what their opinions are of them, because I have, there's no doubt in my mind that they have not like they've had to have gone to the Union Plaza Diner on Route 22, which I don't I think need to is know what no they think of Disco Fries. You know that they're gonna love Disco Fries. I need them to weigh That's... in on Disco Fries versus Putin, and I need it so bad. Well, what's your opinion? Do you like Putin more? Yeah, obviously. Okay. That's 
that's that's the staple of Canada. Well, I mean, I feel like even if I wasn't Canadian, I would still like poutine more because like the fucking slice, like the craft single <laughs> slice barely okay, melted. On okay, disco it's fries not a craft single fry. It, it is silly. a slice it's of silly. low skim, low moisture mozzarella. Mozzarella, if you would. I okay? wouldn't because it's fucking <laughs> silly. It's not craft on it. Okay, whatever brand was, you want to say, whatever you want to call it, it's not. It was Bella Giorno, low moisture <laughs> mozzarella. St. Albert's cheese curds, or we're not doing it. That's if it's not St. <laughs> Albert's cheese curds, it's nothing to me. If I go somewhere and they're selling poutine and they're like, "Oh, where do you get your cheese curds?" They say anything but St. Albert's. I'm going home. I didn't even know there was a cheese curds battle going on. There isn't one because it's only St. Albert. Can I tell you that factory oh. burned down a few years ago? Um, and it was like just it was a national tragedy. Holy like it was. It was a crisis. They rebuilt it. Damn. We have our cheese curds again. It's fine. But like. Okay. It was such a fucking situation here in Southern Ontario for a while. It, it was was a touch and go. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it really genuinely was. Flatlining. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, can we get poutine? No. No. Not until we know that our friend is okay. I think I've only had like poutine like once and it was definitely in the States because I've never been to Canada. Yeah. We gotta we gotta get you some real poutine someday. I gotta get to Canada. There's no excuse at you this do. point. Yeah, we'll get I think you part here. of my I think my problem is that like oh it's so close that I could just drive there. I feel silly to fly, mm-hmm. which is an insane thought to have because it's fully a like ten hour drive yeah, from you, where I am. You should just fly. <laughs> well, because like my reasoning always was like whenever I went up to visit you is that you can't drive. So I would drive. So I would have my car. So I would not That's be subjected the to the Ottawa reasoning. public transportation system. Our transit system is trash garbage. So that was that was my thinking. It took, I'm not kidding, like 10 years for us to build one single train line. And it doesn't work. So. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. That's that on uh, Canada. It's infrastructure. Garbage. Garbage city. Oh, yeah. God, my chair cracked and I broke the <laughs> So I think that's like a sign that this was supposed to be a quick. Oh my God, I've just been drinking water. Why do I keep burping? Anyway, that was an email emergency bulletin episode that we're like, oh, we'll bang this down in like 30 minutes yeah. every single time. Podcasters yourselves. You, you can't say it or else mm-hmm. it'll just be yeah. so fucking long. So anyway, that's what's been going on in emo in the past 24 hours. Yeah, and so yeah, let us know what you think about we didn't start the fire. Every other music publication has already like put their thick piece out about it. But here's the thing about music journalism right now is that it sucks because all the staff writers keep getting fired and they're not harboring any talent and nurturing them to make music journalists actual legitimate critics anymore. So I don't give a shit what any of those people have to say unless it's someone I like, which mm-hmm. it probably isn't. Because they're not hiring them anymore. <laughs> so I care about your opinions. People, the average layman who I care about more, however, if you say that if your scapegoat opinion about them not mentioning COVID and We Didn't Start the Fire Part 2 is that they wrote songs about it on the album, I don't want to hear it. That's a trash argument. So <laughs> Yeah, I like solidly disagree. Sorry. What's your favorite line from it? Is it also about Shinzo Abe getting <laughs> blown away by a contraption? Let us know either on Twitter or on Instagram. I finally did it. Um, at so emo pod on both those 
platforms, please give us a follow. It is much appreciated. It is the first way that you will be told about new episodes going live, when they are going live, goofs and funny memes, etc. abound. And besides that, if you like what we do here, please share it. It's much appreciated. Tell all your friends. <laughs> like Adam Lazara said uh, <laughs> about us and what we do here at So Even We Fell Apart. We, well, I fell apart. We fell apart all the time. Yeah. I'm so bad at doing the fucking <laughs> every single time. You're doing okay. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. So besides telling your friends, please give us a rate and review on your podcatcher of choice. It takes you literally two seconds to throw us a couple stars. And if you have more than two seconds, think about writing us a review. It would do us a lot of good in terms of boosting our, the algorithm and pushing the podcast to more and more people. So more and more people of our the emo variety can listen to us rabble, ramble, rabble, ramble on. Rabble rouse. Shit. Rabble rouse about all things emo and pop punk. So as always... Thank you so much to Moonshot Pods. They are our parent network and they give us the tools and support for doing what we do over here. And thank you guys very much. And you will hear about one of our colleagues from Moonshot Pods after this episode. So stick around and see and hear about a other show that you may be interested in. So that is all from us for now. This has been Rhea. And this has been Chloe. <laughs> yeah, long pause. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's new. Thanks for a curveball at you. It's totally fine. We gotta go. Yeah, we gotta get out of here. See you later. Bye. Bye. Kung Fu grip. Kung Fu grip. As so you can see, I had to use my uh, judo on Gerard. Yeah, I see that Gerard's actually gone to pieces here during this interview. Sometimes it happens. I just well, got so emo, I fell apart. That's what actually happened. You got that sad? Yes. Hey, everybody. It's me, Ken. I use she and him pronouns, uh, and I'm here to talk about clowns. The anime slash manga, Kengen Ostra. I am ready to talk about some Animorphs. Roma, have you ever heard of the <gasps> art movement of Dadaism? Interest in a musician group called Exociety? It's Yu-Gi-Oh. The brainworm that I would like to deliver you to you today is um, Gundam and or Gunpla. I became aware of a series of novels that people told me about called Discworld. Hey, Lewis, what are we talking about? Aragon. Uh, Welcome to the Hyperfixation, where we invite our friends onto our show to tell us about what they're excited about so we can acquire an approximate knowledge of many things. New episodes out every Wednesday morning and up to five days early for patrons. Normalize info dumping and learn something new with us today thanks to the Moonshot Network.